if I die in slow readers, put me in a shoebox and send me down the sewer. That's some good old half-truth. Hit the theme music. See, I prepare these things sometimes. Yeah, no, you did a great <laughs> job, man. Uh-huh. The, the, I see the sweat pouring from your brow. You, you like, you put your whole like being into that. Yeah, the the sweat is the fact that we're in a closet together, and hell uh, yeah, Leon. and it's pretty warm. It's California weather. <laughs> it's it's finally California weather. Yeah, um, wel- I'm into it. Welcome, dear listener, reader to Californians to Californication. Oh no, <laughs> this is the number one. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, 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 track by track show, and not at all the the David the Coveney show. No, I don't know. That's just about like how he fucks or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's about a guy who fucks. That's I mean, the show, isn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> okay, it's kind of this is slow readers. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slow Readers, your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Here, the conversation's always on books. It's always on reading. It's always on literature. It's always on fiction. It's always on nonfiction. It's always on verisimilitude. It's always on the line in between. It's always on war. It's always war. on shit fields. It's always on Ken Burns. It's always on Linda and her cap. It's always on. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. But yeah, this is a Getting show. dark right away. This is a show about uh, literature. Yeah, this is the Boy. only explicit oh, yeah. literature comedy podcast on yes. the whole market. We're the only ones brave enough to talk about Anna Karenina and say words like fuck. We talk about things like Pride and Prejudice and we talk about poop. We, we talk <laughs> about George Orwell and talk about things like butts. Did we? I don't think we did. No, we got very. We got. We talked a lot about grammar. Was and that, that last week? That was last week. It feels like forever ago. <laughs> yeah, times are strange. Right. I already don't know this. Plus, it's already getting hot. It is. Oh my god, Jesus! Introduce ourselves. Fucking sucks so much. Uh, well, yeah. Well, let's introduce ourselves. But we have somebody special to introduce. We have someone special to introduce. Uh, Gabe, who and what are you? Um, hello everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian. Every now and again, I'm a writer and a podcast producer. Mm-hmm. And if you're ordering bottles of wine or liquor or fried chicken in the Studio City area, I'm probably delivering it to you. Watch out! This guy's coming for you. Yeah, co-host. Who are you? I'm Daniel Gonzalez. 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 An audio producer, editor, writer, and an author of fiction. Of note. And uh, this is our show. And Gabriel... Smash that like button. There is a ghost in here. We have a ghost! It's a ghost, another ghost. What kind of ghost? Uh, a comedian ghost? I was going to say, as long as it's not one of those, you know, ghosts out there that you don't give up in the heat of battle. You mean like the Viet Cong? Yes. I was trying not to say Viet Cong. Okay. Why? Is that a derogatory? No, I just felt weird about it. Okay. Uh, really? I mean, Guess, do you feel (laughs) weird about being identified as Viet Cong? Guest? Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize you called me a guest. I guess I really am yeah. a ghost. I'm just observing. Uh, listen, Viet Cong does seem weird, um, but it's one of those that I feel like I just, I'm so white, I refrain from referring to anyone as anything. Um, See, that's exactly, that was actually my, my, my point. It made sense to me. Oh, no, I, I, was, I meant like literally referring to the, the as like in the a, story when they're, they're like, they were they, they were crying like the, the Vietnamese forces as, as ghosts. Yeah. They're calling them that. And our guest, I, is, yeah, like, our guest is more like the funky fan from Hanna Barbera. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Guess That's how I met her. Who, who, and what are you? I am a stand-up comedian. My name is Christy Brannon, and ooh, I ooh. also have a podcast called "It's All Downhill." And I have a yeah. podcast that is called "That's Weird." That is not updating anymore, but it's still. I still Uh-oh. like it, so I still want to plug it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. One. What's that one about? Uh, about a friend of mine and I talk about weird shit. Solid, like that's a, ghosts. That's a, 
Oh, okay, good. <laughs> oh, like like paranormal shit or like like weird shit. Like the weirdest thing happened to me today. I bumped. I found two cans of spam in the closet. Um, paranormal shit. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do any of it involve spam in the closet? <laughs> spam ghosts. Spam you know, ghosts? <laughs> I don't think we got to that episode. <laughs> okay, that's. That's yeah, cool. you know, that could be. I mean, like, you know, I, it could be like a, like I believe a Filipino it. ghost. I believe it would happen. If anything's <laughs> going to be, be in case. a closet, it's going to be spam. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, spam kind of belongs in a closet. Oh, in, this, yeah. in, in, this, I mean, in this house, it does. I mean, it, yeah, we might even have some in the closet in the earthquake kit. <clears> oh, <throat> really? Yeah, maybe. Anyway, you guess, got, yeah. It was like, like I brought up fucking Scooby Snacks or something like that. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> like, spam? Let's spam. talk about it. Let's go on. Let's, let's all about spam. Uh, Christy, how do you feel about uh, a spam? Um, you know what? I used to like it. I'm a vegetarian now, so I don't Good eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm mostly of the opinion that it is a um, emergency food. But uh-huh. <laughs> very polite. <laughs> when I was younger, I I feel like I would take pleasure in um, eating things that other people thought were like really gross to eat. Hell yeah! So like, I would be like, like yeah, I eat spam, <laughs> like paste. It's like, delicious. Like, like... Maybe not paste. <laughs> More like um like spam or like uh I I grew up in Indiana, so like. This um, nun took us, food. it's a long story, mm. this nun Home took us on pants. a hike and then we <laughs> picked up those little like roly-poly type bugs and then we fried them. Oh, you them. ate the bugs? Yeah. No. <laughs> they just, just like popcorn you're kernels. Like Simba. <laughs> no, I believe that. It makes sense. Jesus yeah. Christ, wow. <laughs> it's fine. I don't recommend it. <laughs> oh, super coincidentally, a friend of mine in Ohio just texted me, I didn't get my spam in my Kroger order. Whoa. Shit! Oh, is this an episode of That's Weird with Christy Brandon? Oh my oh god! Me. We're doing hit, it. Hit the theme music. One of you two, make it with your mouth. <laughs> da, 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 da. There you go. That's that's music. Christy kicks ass by finding the truth. That's weird. Uh, yes, I like right. that. And and uh, Christy, um, what what kind of books do you like to give people yeah. a kind of sense of of the kind of things that you like? Are you a big reader, a slow reader? Um, I I read a lot, but I read very slow. Like I read basically yeah. at the pace it would take someone to read it out loud to me. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I've always wondered is that a, is that the thing? Like I'm I'm a speed reader. It's what I really do. It's how I've always read books. So I wonder for most people who read slowly, or people who aren't even slow readers. Does, does their reading pace equate sounding it out out loud? Like Daniel, you're a slow reader. How do yeah. you do it? Uh, it depends. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Christy, how do you how do you deal with this? I mean, is do you essentially read it to yourself like out loud? Yeah, basically. I mean, I don't think that I move my mouth when I do it, but I <laughs> can't be sure. Uh, did you know, Christy, that um, a lot of things that they tell you not to do when you're a kid, like. You know, use your fingers or like a ruler to kind of follow down the lines. Yeah, or eat roly polies. Eat roly polies, <laughs> or mouth out the words like as you're reading. Like all those things are act like all that stuff is like that's the wrong thing to tell people not to do. It's totally legit. Where like essentially like when you like want to read relatively actually quickly and also like retain information, you're supposed to do all of that. Yeah, a really? good friend of mine um, from way back when he was highly dyslexic, but they didn't know it, mm-hmm. and he beca- and he hated reading because of it. And when he found out he was dyslexic, and he found out it was okay to use his finger, he became a massive reader. So way to go, public school system. Yeah, <laughs> way to school. let down another child. <laughs> Classic. 
Wait, so tell us about your favorite books, Christy. Uh, okay. So I feel like I go through phases, really, um, to like... Like the moon. I, I go through like genre phases. So like mm-hmm. I had a real big like mystery novel phase where I just read everything Agatha Christie and adjacent. Um, but like, uh, so like I like The Hobbit, but I never could make it through the actual other Lord of the Rings books. Interesting. That's but interesting, yeah. so like I'll do fantasy, but like n- not like big fantasy, like pulpy fantasy. Like I'll do Game of Thrones because that's basically a soap opera, but yeah. a fantasy yeah. novel. Which I I, I like those actually. I forgot to add those, <laughs> uh-huh. but I like those a lot. And I started yeah. reading them because it was before HBO was streaming, and I wanted to know what the plots were, and I oh. didn't want to torrent it. I just couldn't. Yeah. I didn't have time. <laughs> I didn't have the honorable. right computer yeah. for it. That's why you would I, die in Game of Thrones because you have too much like respectability and honor. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what that's what happened to Sean Sean Bean. I'm forgetting Sean the Bond. character name seriously. Um, oh, oh, if I was also, in Game of Thrones, yeah. I would just die immediately. Like, I wouldn't even make it to the point where you get eaten by a dragon. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure I'd die in most media. I'm very gullible and I'm very <laughs> trusting. And, like, you know, I'd be, like, like the realistic version of Samwise Gamgee or Sam Wise from Game of or Thrones. Or Sam from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where, like, 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 why are you still alive? <laughs> How are you still alive? Yeah. It's called plot armor and it's very important <laughs> if you want to make it to it's the called end. audience surrogate for the real hero mm-hmm, basically yeah, but, but that's awesome because i think i i read the books for the same reason I, I read the books because i think i was in like season like after season two i was like i can't wait so i just read the books yeah Bunch of nerds yeah. <laughs> i was like i want to be part of this but then i started reading it i was like oh this is actually like this is pretty good um and i i do like sci-fi too like i like um I like Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. I like a lot of stuff mm. by Kurt Vonnegut. I like, um, like the there's like a set of um, books by Isaac Asimov about like all the robots and stuff. But like the sure. first ones that he wrote were basically detective novels, but with robots <laughs> in the future. So nice. that of course was like on brand for me. Yeah, is that a the Foundation series? I think so. Yeah, the only okay. one I could remember nice. was called Caves of Steel. Okay. Caves of Steel. I, but there's there's at least three of them. Oh, that was in your t- yeah. Gabe showed me your list, and I was like, Caves of Steel. The fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I also know we nothing. Were all, we were all yeah. we were all Twitter being like, My goodness, what is this book? <laughs> what is this it? book? Oh, I see. Okay. Oh damn, she has real bona fides. <laughs> <laughs> I've read a book or two. without anyone telling me i had to mind you (laughs) (laughs) reading is fundamental you Mm -hmm. guys yeah uh that's pretty and and also like there's a couple things like from school that i liked um one of them being the things they carried i I reread it i finished rereading it this weekend for this podcast Uh that is an outstanding segue yeah it is a perfect segue It's almost like oh you hosted God. like two podcasts before this one. It, yeah. <laughs> it's like you totally know what we're trying to do. It's great. <laughs> oh, this is great. I'm uh, it. No, yeah. No offense to, uh, you know, Katie and Komet still like champion for the show. But yeah, like um, our, our dearest, uh, one of our dearest friends who's like this young, plucky little like 21 year old, like uh, who just loves like everything. Spam and, and spam <laughs> and literature and Game of Thrones. Oh. She like, you know. That we, um, Chrissy, you listened to a, an older episode of ours, um, in our preparation for this for this podcast, and um, we used to be slightly more tangenty than this, and yes. no one was worse about feeding that beast than Katie, who was just <laughs> just our sweet sweet guest. Aww. 
Except maybe Eve, but Eve doesn't count as a full guest because no. that was such a fucking messy episode. It was the, yeah. it was the best one to do, but probably completely unlistenable. Yeah, um, uh, like professional New York documentarian of the punk scene, Ibrahim, fucking monster. <laughs> anyway, the I things they carried. The yes, the things they carried. Oh, it's really great. Uh, before I, I have some notes to talk about with the um, with the the author and everything. Daniel but, did research. Oh, bef- oh yeah, I can't wait yeah. to hear this. We get to hear a little <laughs> bit about Mr. Tim O'Bri- uh, O'Brien. I almost called him Timothy Bryan. Timothy Bryan. <laughs> oh, it's so warm in here. But uh, real quick, um, uh, Christy, uh, you yeah, we you, we asked you what you wanted to read, and you selected this one. Uh, is there any br- like wait like how, why would you pick this one as opposed to the other stories that, that yeah. you like? Why did you pick this up randomly again after having read it so long ago? Uh, you know what? I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and they were telling me they were starting to like read books with their friend and like a little mini book club and they asked me if I had any suggestions of like you know classic things or like good stuff and this was the only one that I could really think of that was like a classic like from like a traditional like school things that you had to read that I like really loved and then because he was reading it I read it again and reading it again like I got about halfway through it before um we talked and I suggested it yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly um but uh, like rereading it I realized like this might be my favorite book like this might be my favorite book period period wow yeah oh my god I mean that's I know which that's is a, awesome. That's big. I don't really pick favorites either. Yeah, mm. <clears throat> like a good mama. Exactly. Well, yeah, it's it's the it's the best kind of favorite. The one that you realize it's your favorite halfway through it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's that's those are the best. I mean, like, hey man, I love this movie slash book slash. Uh, yeah, you can surprise thing. yourself again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and there it's just there's a lot of things like it. For me, there's a lot of things that are specific to me that I really love about this book. And mm-hmm. then there's also just like he talks a lot about writing and like as somebody that does like a lot of writing and a lot of comedy writing. Like I think okay. as a kid when I read it, Oops. I really latched on to the idea of like um, uh, I forget. I, I keep Enjoying trying to call it like narrative truth versus factual oh, truth. Like yeah, I, I wrote that. I wrote that down. Here, one second. Oh, I wrote story, story truth. Story versus truth versus happening truth. Yes. And I I really latched onto that as a kid, and I thought about it anytime I ever write anything. Ever since, I just mm-hmm. I really love the idea of trying to be able to convey what seems like the truth to the person you're conveying it to and how that's more important than the actual details. And especially as a stand-up comic now, I find that to be 100% true. And like yeah, the more I was reading it, the more things came up where I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is like, this is true in my experience and it's very helpful to like read again and be reminded of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has that great passage about him, uh, about finding it therapeutic or not, that I'm at, um the notes I think chapter yeah. after I'm uh after Norman's story yeah. where he talks about how like like the writing wasn't therapy for him, but like but he didn't look at it that way. But when he wrote it down, it became a little bit more solid for him, and he could fight it or defend it or look at it like in a different way. Yeah, it's really neat, and I, that ties in so well. That makes so much sense that as a stand-up you would pick this one. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good pick. I like it a lot. Ver- good pick, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy that you picked this too. I'll get into yeah. that later and whatnot. But, um, but if you don't mind, I want to talk about Mr. Tim O'Brien, not Timothy O'Brien. Lay it on us. What's Mer- his middle name? Uh oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> his last name is actually Brian. <laughs> yeah. 
his his actual, lowercase. His last name is Fitzwilliam. There you go. <laughs> that that said, uh, and I uh, hopefully it doesn't take too long. I, it does. It looks longer than it actually. He's still is alive. So yeah, he's still alive. Um, but that said, uh, Timothy O'Brien. Not his name. <laughs> was born in 1946 in Minnesota. Uh, many of his stories uh, in in uh, the things they carried, including like some of his other kind of like semi autobiographical, aka also, I mean, uh, autobiographical sure. stuff, take place uh, uh, based on like Worthington, Minnesota. Uh, just as described in this book, uh, after getting his BA in political science, he was drafted into the army. He joined in with the 23rd Infantry Division, which basically a year before he showed up. Uh, that like p- parts of that division committed the what is known as the my the my lie tragic uh, massacres me lie me lie sorry um o'brien has said about this uh we all wondered why the place was so hostile we did not know there had been a massacre there a year earlier oh. uh, n- news broke out about the uh the me lie massacre uh, towards the end of his tour uh in fact um Daniel, and please, can you explain what the Milai Massacre was for those of us who don't remember any of this? Uh, yeah, in brief, basically it was this, it was an order given to, uh, an, like, it was an actual order given to this, uh, the, the army, which is basically go to this village and basically kill everything that breathes. Ugh. And it was basically, we're just, like, average U.S. infantry people just, like, walked into the village and, like, literally killed everyone and everything like mercilessly and like it has been described from like the vietnamese perspective as like the american soldiers were always kind of like cool about walking through and then all of a sudden they just attacked and Mm. and like it it was basically like this horrible it's it's been basically referred to as like a like a you know a war crime and whatnot and it's it's pretty grisly and and it the crate and again like uh (laughs) <laughs> not to get too far into this, but like uh, the version of the book that I read both times mm-hmm. um, has an extended uh, essay that uh, follows the actual main novel called uh, The Vietnam In Me, uh, which Tim O'Brien is basically speaking absolutely truthfully about, like, like reflecting on his time on the book and everything like that. And he talks a lot about this and he talks about like uh interviews that were given about the crime where like soldiers were asked like why did you do this and we're like because we were told to and it's like what was the order and said kill everything that breathes <sighs> so uh wow. yeah and tim o'brien was in that inf- he was in the infantry a year after um <laughs> that's it um thank you daniel by the way if that sounds dark listener readers strap in yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> all Buckle right up. um <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, okay, so after three years of service and attaining the rank of sergeant and receiving the Purple Heart, he received his graduate degree from Harvard and then took up an internship at the Washington Post. Um, basically, he one of like the things going into creating this book that you can kind of see is that about his feeling about his hometown, like not understanding anything about like Vietnam, what was going on and like his absolute like fucking anger towards it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is quoted as saying uh, 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 about his hometown, a town that congratulates itself day after day on its own ignorance of the world, a town that got us into Vietnam. The people in that town sent me to, to that war. Uh, couldn't spell the uh, Hanoi. Couldn't spell the word Hanoi. Uh, if you spotted them three vowels, <laughs> um, yeah, cl- clearly that, is very present in the things they carried. Yeah. And uh, he's also been very vocal. Again, this is also in the kind of the extended uh, essay that follows the book. He's been oh, very, when was, in what edition, what year was that published? Yeah. Apparently in like, it was an essay he wrote, I think in 1994, like four years okay. after the book came out. Um, and I don't want to get too far into it, but I listened to the audiobook, and that was recorded in 2013, which was read by Tim O'Brien himself. 
Oh, uh, that, yeah. I thought ooh. you meant Cranston reading the rest of it. And yeah, in uh, in in the audiobook, but I'll get to that. Um, but uh, but basically, yeah, he's very uh, 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 vocal about uh, the hypocrisy of the continuing search for American uh, missing in action and prisoners of war in Vietnam. Um, and coincidentally, after the book's publication, America was really pushing that for like several years. Hey, uh, particularly by uh, Senators John Kerry and John McCain. Hey, um, and yeah, let's just let's skip down to the things they carried and whatnot. Um, so again, like a lot of his books are basically like kind of about the Vietnam War, even though they're not like entirely about that, but a lot of them feature things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like his first several books were like memoirs and like kind of like fictional stories, but they're all like taking place in Vietnam. Uh, he didn't discuss politics until this book. And that was one of those are like the two things going into this. They want to talk about politics and also like why people didn't know anything about this shit. Um, do, do, do. And one of the main concepts that are featured in this and a lot of his other books is called uh, verisimilitude. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which is basically the blurring between fact and fiction in which out of all of his books, the thing they carried uses it the most. And also the book is kind of about that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah. Again, like this book is fiction. Uh, it's pr- not or pers- is it or is it? But essentially it's <laughs> it's fiction. Essentially, it's mostly it's, it's in the yeah. fiction section. Isn't it's it? fiction, yeah. but it's it all is. true. Yes, <laughs> it's it's That's it's the point made of up. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, yeah, and there are. OK, I don't want to get to But like there are like lots of books that are like, quote unquote, like nonfiction, whatnot, but are listed as fiction. A movable feast is regarded as fiction. That's so strange. You know? So, yeah. And this is but this one's kind of like about that. But. Um, but again, like everything's made up, but like events, things, places, all real. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, basically that uh, a lot of the themes about this, about uh, story truth and happening truth, saying that uh, I believe he writes in this book, I can say that the book's form is intimately connected to how I, as a human being, tend to view the world unfolding itself around me. It's sometimes difficult to separate external reality and the internal processing of that reality. And yeah. And at that point, I'll stop there. Um, but I will ask this real quick to move on to discussion. Um, Christy, mm-hmm. the first time you read this, was it for school? It was for, for high school. school, you said, right? Yeah, for high school? For high what, school. What, what grade? Um, I think it was junior year. Mm. That's great. Cause, uh, did, did, it, did, it, did, it, did it, like people respond well to it? Or was it one of those things where everyone was like, whatever, it's books? <laughs> my friends loved it. Me mm. and my friends all like really loved it. Yeah, that's something I'm. Uh, I really was kind of shocked to hear because I actually did not. Re- I did not read this for kids. But did you read it for school? No, I yeah. never heard of this book until you told me to read it. Yes, um, I, I read this book like several years ago, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of shocked to see that in the research it said that like this is like a really popular book for like middle school and high school reading. Yeah, he commented on that, which is nuts. He said the <laughs> what I, I wrote down the line saying that like he found it like extremely flattering. But at the same time, kind of really depressing. Because, <laughs> uh, like, on- also reading this as an adult who had not read this for school, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, like, kids fucking read this? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. crazy. It's grisly. It's really harsh. Yeah. It's- I think, How actually, you- like, I think it's perfect. I think this one in particular, <laughs> his other ones, I haven't even read. Um, but this oh, one in particular, one I feel like show. a big theme is, like, um, with that verisimilitude thing, like trying mm-hmm. to get the message across of what it was like to people who have not and probably will never actually experience what he had to experience. And yes. like, I really enjoy that theme. And I feel like for a lot of reasons, like I'm really glad that I read it as a teenager and then now I'm reading it as an adult. Um, there's a, a part where he's talking about 
um, right after the war. It's the one where he keeps circling the the lake right before yeah, notes, the, the Norman think. story. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Norman story. Um, and it's basically just talking about like him, like his thoughts, like basically as a as a teenager, like in high school versus after the war versus now as an adult looking back on that. So it's been really interesting now to read it and see like there were parts that I remember identifying with as just like the high school parts when I was in high school. And now as an adult, I it, I don't think about my childhood that much like on my day to day, but like reading that and reading something that I did read as a kid that has a theme of connecting your adulthood to like what you were like as a teenager and like the the way things have changed and the way you see the world differently and the way that like certain aspects um, of your past as a an adult are now just figments of your imagination representative of the past where they used to be very real like his friend that he was talking to in his car mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah, there's stories you tell now yeah so I, I really enjoy that, and I, I do think it's appropriate for teenagers. I hope they keep reading it. <laughs> it it's, it's a real eye-opener, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of which, and you, you're, you're kind of doing it already, and we kind of touch on this, um, and it's hard to do, but Christy, is it possible in any way to kind of like summarize what this book is about? Yeah, for those who have never read this book, yeah. Christy, would you mind giving us, like, if if you can. If I had to summarize. If, yeah, yeah. Like, like your, your briefest <laughs> summary of what happens in this book. Um, With or without spoilers? Like, are you... Oh, spoilers. The, it's one it, of those things where... Okay. I, we, we assume that people, if, uh, you know, it's it's a work of literature, it's not necessarily, like, I mean, it's been a, out a since the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, it's been out for since forever, and if you know, and apparently everyone read it when they're fucking twelve. Yeah. <laughs> and part of our goal for this show is to provide Cliff's notes for lazy children. Yeah, yeah, I lazy, would say it's um, it's a, a it's an after the war story, um, that tries its best to convey to someone who doesn't know what war is and doesn't have to know what war is what it was like to be part of the Vietnam War and what was going on like in a larger sense how that affected people as people in their lives before and after it happened instead of just being like just things that happened in the war it's basically like using events that happened during the war to tell the story about how the war affected people does that make sense yeah 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 for the most part i mean again like, it's, it's very it's, it's very like it's that's it's very complicated a little, yeah. um ambiguous but i because a lot of those stories are like little they're smaller pieces um mm-hmm. that are kind of standalone and you can kind of tell that they're standalone but it's basically like standalone stories of the war and then the author coming in with a story or um a reflection of something that's not about the war trying to explain the war stories to you yeah, that's that's basically as as good as it's gonna get in yeah. terms of explaining <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, without going scene by scene, that's about it. Which is not what you want to do because that's not gonna describe what the Ziva book is about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but yeah, but Daniel, didn't you tell me the other day that um this this was um cobbled together from pieces prior? Yeah. Well, apparently I was incorrect with that. Sort of. Um, originally I thought this, this was called a fix-up novel. Which was basically like you take uh, previously published like material and you just kind of like tie it together, maybe edit a little bit and say, hey, look, it's a novel. Mm-hmm. 
that isn't exactly this. In fact, like five, I think like five or six stories were previously published in Esquire. Like yeah, in like the, the things 80s. they carried itself was yeah. one of them. Um, uh, the, the how things, to tell a war story is one of them. How to tell a war story, a true war story. was a good story. Same with like uh, what was it the um, the love something of the of, sweetheart uh, of the song Trabong. Yeah, yeah, song Trabong, which is also adapted into a movie. Yeah, really. Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. Yes, oh and Skeet Ulrich. And Skate Allrich. Yeah. And an actress I don't from, I don't recognize. Yeah, I'm not familiar with her either. Yeah. Which is crazy because that's the weirdest story. <laughs> that one's like part of my favorite. That's yeah, my it, favorite story. Obviously, oh yeah? because yeah. I'm a Midwestern blonde girl. <laughs> <laughs> so so when the girls just being assimilated into the jungle you're like that's me yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely well for well, me so it was like this, her, this book for sure was like a a boy book and oh i could see that so and and as modern as we are like growing mm-hmm. up in the midwest like you, you still kind of feel like there's a certain thing that you get to do when you grow up and it includes having kids mm-hmm. and like a shitty house in Ohio. Um, <laughs> All parents have to do that one day. Yeah, everybody has to just, do that. Um, so, so like, Not us. It, it was definitely Woo. just like, uh, hey, look, it's um, it's a girl that like she arrives there and then she like actually I made notes on this Marianne. I was so obsessed That's with it. it. I was trying to find out the name. It's Marianne. Marianne is that? Yeah, it's Marianne just I just and, liked and it because Fossey. she kind of arrives there as basically an object of this guy's affection and mm-hmm. then she sees like a larger world about it and is allowed to like become fully involved in it and um challenge herself like as much as she wants with um basically a life that she thought she could never have that was never even an option for her and she finds that it's like so much better and like I'm probably not gonna have a necklace full of tongues and disappear into the <laughs> okay. Vietnam never, forest never but never like say if never. I wanted yeah, we to I you. could <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying you know <laughs> I mean LA is a lot like Vietnam <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah like it's a bunch lot. of tongues from like 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 open mic um hecklers yeah just collect those yeah uh yeah i mean (laughs) that's my goal that's what i'm gonna do just become famous enough that they'll let me still perform (laughs) oh my god it's a tongue collector (laughs) i'm real i'm real happy to hear that you guys also really like that i because i don't i don't i don't even know if i really like that one because it's so strange and like it's one of those things as like uh, not to get too far ahead it's like a hazy memory it's like mm-hmm. is that fucking story where that happens i, I love and it that, is, that. There's the, it has yeah. like the dreamiest quality out of all of them i mean it's it's another story it's him telling a story from yeah. someone else telling a story it's rat kylie's story i believe rat kylie telling a story about the his buddy and his girlfriend what's the buddy's yeah. name like fossey mark fossey fossey yeah okay. oh I, um, I did like the interplay too as his as Rat Kylie is telling the story, <laughs> you basically get pointers on how to tell a good story because the yeah. other guy oh. is like, your pacing oh, yeah. is wrong, man. <laughs> yeah. That's not how you to tell it. <laughs> tell, it tell it right. Uh, at this point, I definitely want to bring up something. Uh, is that like, I, the first time I quote unquote read this book and the what I read it, reread it again for, for this recording is that I got the audiobook. Oh, boy. And I feel like with everything going on right now, it's going to be like a huge exploration into like uh, me and my uh, struggles with audiobooks sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, no, this book, I got to be honest with you. It is fucking awesome. It is 
read by Brian Cranston. Cranny. Like, Ooh. the Brian Cranston. And he's fucking phenomenal uh, doing this. Does he this. read it as Hal from Malcolm in the Middle? Yes. So, like, really whiny. <laughs> just, just really whiny and scared all the time. <laughs> just really whiny and scared. <laughs> he's like, it was a baby buffalo. <laughs> and they <gasps> shot it. It's a baby buffalo. Malcolm. And he did this. <laughs> Malcolm, race. <laughs> but no, he, so... He, so he reads it and it's fucking great and like some he does like voices for each of the individual characters so Rat Kylie kind of talks That's like awesome. this a little bit and he's telling the story and you gotta listen you gotta be there man and then That's great. so it's fantastic Ooh. with this like honestly like if you if you just reread this again in print form like I recommend it's like uh, when I bought it it was like five bucks then it was like five bucks again recently then like the price jumped up again you, or some you, damn you thing. told me to buy it when it was on sale and I yeah. just never did and then um, uh, I, I didn't get a chance to yeah. it was back to like 15-20 and then I was walking to the Whole Foods on, in Sherman Oaks mm-hmm. and I'm like you know what I'm gonna buy this audiobook it's gonna be great and I, I iBooks tricked me <laughs> and I got the regular ebook instead of the, uh, the audiobook mm-hmm. so i'm really bummed about it i think once i have enough of where i can like throw away like 20 bucks i definitely want to get this an audiobook it sounds amazing yeah it's oh, I, yeah. I, I definitely recommend it and one of the best things in that i uh i i think this isn't a lot of like modern versions and whatnot of this book i think also because i haven't read this book in print form i want to that's funny i'm really curious to see what this actually like feels like on the page <clears throat> that's pretty wild but yeah. uh uh, after the book, there is an hour-long essay, uh, I think I said this already, uh, yeah. called uh, The Vietnam In Me, which is, again, uh, it's read by Tim O'Brien himself, and he sounds like spookily kind of, he has the same like rhythm of speech that Brian Cranston was using, which- Cranny's good. Makes it Ooh. makes it be like, wow, these guys were good together. And yeah, um, and, uh, yeah. so I also want to ask, uh, uh, Christy, are you from, Did have you read any copies that contain the essay, The Vietnam In Me? I don't think so. The copy I have is like 1990, so it just kind of stopped. Actually, I, I expected there to be <laughs> oh, like wow. even some postscript of like buy my other books, but it's just straight up. <laughs> it's just straight up the last line, and then it's like you're done, baby. You did it. <laughs> it don't even surprise, worry about end. it. Nothing afterwards. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what mine. It's like like I, I, my my my. Uh, my iPad, my iBooks thing, um, has a marker. that says how many pages are left in the chapter uh-huh. and what page number you are. And I'm like, okay, I have ten pages left. Um, I learned all about Linda and her hat and the dreams. Mm-hmm. And I turned a page, and it's like discussions for your class. And I'm oh. like, what? <laughs> that's a yeah. Wait, what? That no, I'm gonna a... have to look this up because I want to read yeah. it. Well, well, again, I I recommend it's like like yeah, just get the audiobook, man. It, it's oh, fucking yeah. cool. Daniel, just record, just play it out loud, record it onto the device, and send it to Christine. Yeah, I could also play a little bit of like of his voice. Um, but no, in it, he talks about uh, it, the the entire essay is framed in like him tra- uh, traveling to uh, Vietnam in like in like the nineties, I think, with a girlfriend he had at the time who he had since lost. Interesting. Uh, he is presently in like a hotel room contemplating suicide remembering this woman he lost and that he's like really he's like deep in regret because of this and he's flashing back to like experiences about in vietnam that he goes at length about the my lai massacre he talks about like uh like meeting like the people in the area that he used to be at and how like sweet they are and how heartbreaking that is yeah oh my god um he talked at the end he talks with uh like a member of the 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 north vietnamese army and like the guy tells him like this really alarming thing where he tells uh, Tim O'Brien, it's like, you guys had the daylight, but we had the earth. 
and it's like, cool. like fuck man <laughs> so wow. uh yeah, and it's 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 pretty. The last line is very heartbreaking. Oh fuck, shit, balls. And I don't, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to uh, ruin it. But yeah, it's really great. Here's here's a here's a taste right now of of Tim O'Brien's voice. Oh no, it flipped. One second. William <laughs> R. Peers estimated that the death count may have exceeded four hundred at the San Me Memorial. So, yeah. Wow. But uh, no, I highly recommend it. Uh, uh, but uh, moving on, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. This is your first time reading this yeah, book. Yeah, I came in as a babe. So, babe. I was Mary Ann, just walking in here, being like, hey, boys. Well, did you reject the war and return home kind of confused, or did you start wearing your necklace of tongues? Oh, boy. I felt like um, uh, my ass got shot and bits of it were peeling out, <laughs> nice. and I was just filled with resentment. <laughs> Jesus. No, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I, this was a tough read. Like it, it was incredibly engaging. It was, mm-hmm. it was really, really outstanding. I, I loved. I mean, from the first few pages, reading it immediately, the like the way the, the quantification of weight. I'm like, that's yeah. such a good device that turns it into numbers and physical burden mm-hmm. that puts you drags you immediately into the story. Yeah. And I was like, this is so fucking cool. Um, but by the end, though, it just it started like like actively upsetting me <laughs> i don't know I'm up for, it, it was um the story about how i needed to get revenge on jorgensen yeah and, and azar yeah. he's just like like such like a, a fucked up individual <laughs> and just just that story like i was just like trying to hurry through it because it, it was upsetting me so much <laughs> but you know it was it's not, not the best book to cram in <laughs> no yeah speed reading this book was not easy yeah. it's it, it's it like was just a i was really completely absorbed by it that now um like i was about to say earlier friend of the show sean hayes um uh, podcast host. He um uh, was trying to get me to read Going After Cacciato, and now I definitely want to do it. Oh, he's a fan of that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, he, he tried to get both of us to read Going After Cacciato. Oh, I don't. Remember which that. sounds great. He talked. He told us about it about a guy who just starts walking. He leaves his platoon. Yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna go to Paris. I'm gonna go to Paris. <laughs> and he just starts <laughs> walking. And they're like, Where'd he go? It's like he went to Paris. He just started walking. The uh, the one story in this, the one where um, who was his name like Bowden or Boken or Boken, something like that? Norman yeah. Boken. The the story where the there's two Boken stories. The first one where it's him returning home and kind of feeling alienated and whatnot. Yeah, that's speaking mm-hmm. of courage. Yeah, that one was actually a uh, appeared in a heavily modified version in that book actually yeah that's what, um, that's what he says and that's what he says in notes weird mm-hmm. oh it mm-hmm. does okay i forgot about that yeah They're, listening to books i don't retain things as well yeah, yeah. Uh, also yeah. you're playing dark souls while you do it yeah uh, I, to be fair i was playing death stranding what was i playing no actually i think i re- re- uh, listened to this mainly while walking i don't remember I can do it. christy what's your favorite video game um currently witcher 3 hell yeah hell yeah, yeah. yennefer have you read the books at all um, I started reading one of the books, the first one, uh-huh. uh, and then I last wish, just lost track of time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the last wish. Yeah, it's a good time. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. We 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 like talking about those uh, books. In fact, and that game. Yeah, and that game. They're pretty good. <laughs> I actually feel like I so I played the game first, and then I started reading the book Same. after yeah. I finished the game, and then I I actually really felt like uh, you know when you you really enjoy something, and you just wish it could continue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like I got enough satisfaction from reading that I did get to feel like it continued. Nice, it was like close enough in like tone (laughs) and in my head, I guess. Totes. Have you seen the uh, the the TV show, the Netflix show? I did. I watched that. Do you like it? Um, I I like (laughs) it, but I will say, like, I would only recommend it to people who also liked The Witcher stuff. 
you know, because I, I think yeah, I think other trolls. people would watch it and be like, this is kind of cheesy though <laughs> but just yeah. I think better. I really enjoyed it because there's still that sense of like oh man I wish I could just consume more of this for some reason yeah I dig that I'm on Ultra MVP all yeah, time as, all the time as Yennefer she's fantastic yeah if if, if Geralt oh, yeah. was like the like the second lead and she was just the lead I would actually prefer that yeah, and mm-hmm. if Siri only ever had like one scene an episode and I, I, I still, I'm very, very happy with Henry Cavill as, a, yeah. as, as, as anyway, Witcher, so, Witcher Man. Yeah, as I was saying, so I'm up, <laughs> things that he carried, um, the I'm, I, it, it gripped me, like, with its fingernails really hard. I'm trying to, and, so guys, do you remember, what's the story about, about Lemon getting blown up into the tree? Oh, no, I was looking oh, for the that lemon too. tree? Yeah, what, yeah, the lemon tree. What story was that? I'm trying, I'm looking through the Wikipedia, and it's not telling me which story that is. Um, I don't remember. No, I was looking at that too. I was trying to figure it out. I didn't know. I couldn't figure. I can't. It's really figure it out. frustrating. It's not the dentist. I, I think that's it's how to tell a true war story. I Is that the one? I think that, that's it because that that one it yeah. really introduces the concept of like what happened and what seemed to happen. Yeah, like yeah. the throwing the grenade. Because he's like, because and... he's like, in what really happened was he tripped a grenade and it exploded him. But what? Here's what happened, and what he probably thought happened was that as soon as he touched the sun, he got sucked up into the tree. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah that that makes sense because that was the same one where um, who was it? It might even have been like Rat Kylie or whatever, but like mm-hmm. the one who uh, he wrote uh, a he wrote a letter to his sister. The letter. That's right. Yeah, that's how it starts. That's, that's what it the was. sister. And he was the yeah. same person who who did that very awful thing to the baby water buffalo. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which will yep. not, which will never leave my brain ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that one. That's I was it. more preoccupied of Azar blowing up the puppy. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh that god, was, I that, forgot that happened. That was <laughs> that was just a small little detail. The water buffalo, the, like yeah, yeah. it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is a good book. But I, t- I, I yeah. tell you what, we we'll, we're going to still talk about this. But let's go on break real quick. Yeah. When we come back, we have a game to play. Mm-hmm. Not The Witcher Three. Um <laughs> man. But yeah, when we come back, we have a game, and Gabriel set it up for us. Yeah. So, but that said. I'm gonna get water. I'm so thirsty. Yeah, I'm gonna some water as well. I'm gonna get another beer. Gonna get, let's go to <laughs> let's go to break, everybody. Go to break. Okay, and break. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Dear listener, readers. I'm still Gabe. I'm still Daniel. This is Slow Readers. <laughs> oh, damn, I didn't get to do my thing. <laughs> Guest, are you still here? I'm still here. Right. And Introduce yourself. Oh, once and I'm again. still Christy Brandon. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <Any> change. <laughs> Perfect. All right, missed that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Listeners uh, will love it. Gabriel, I believe you have a game for me and Christy. Daniel, we have another one of our classic slow readers games. Normally, I'm the one who invents games in this team, but I'm going to play the one game you made that I think is a rock solid winner. All right. We're playing <laughs> Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper, seasons wait for your Lord. More than meets the eye. Katie, your turn to sing it. Oh, Katie, Christy, your turn to sing it. Sorry. Gatekeeper. Sorry. Oh, wait, I, All right. I heard that and I thought, yeah, we're doing a Transformers theme song now. That's what I did. Or Crossfire. You, you get caught up in Gatekeeper. Wait, now I want to come up with a. What was another like terrible toy from the 90s with like a rockin' theme? There was Skip It. Skip It was my favorite. <laughs> gatekeep. Gatekeep. Gatekeeper. <laughs> Is that what it was like? 
Yeah, the end is escapes me, but that's it. Thank that's you it. so much for singing, Gabriel. What is today's gatekeeper? So, um, for those who don't recall, gatekeeper is a series of clues. Mm. So there are ten gates. Number 10 is the answer to the question. I will ask you a question, mm-hmm. and then I will name out these clues. So, um, one at a time, each round, um, a player can guess the answer. You buzz in by saying your name. If you guess wrong, you receive minus one points. Mm-hmm. If you do not guess, you receive zero points. If you guess correct, you receive five points. Mm-hmm. The goal is to be above zero or have the highest score by end of the game. You start with ten points, and um, uh, but here's a new addition we've added to the game. You can ask one yes or no question, but it's at the cost of five points. So we go from gate to gate, and you get a chance every time. Yeah. So are you guys ready to play Gatekeeper? Woo! I I am kind of ready. Okay, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a soft ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So wait, to buzz in, I just say my name like a Pokemon? Yes. Yes. Yes, that's important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for reminding us. Yeah. Um, if, your full name, if you, per, if you prefer, works, works out that way. Mid- middle name, any <laughs> titles, occupation. Yeah. If you want to sing it like a Pokemon, even better. Perfect. Okay, great. Okay. So guys, here's the question. Okay. This book is number one on the books that Tim O'Brien recommends you read oh Ooh. oh yeah all right you guys ready mm-hmm. yeah gate number one kurt vonnegut called it quote the great gatsby of my time one of the best books by a member of my generation do either of you want to like hazard a guess no. Wow. Hmm. Christy? No. All right, fair enough. Probably not, no. Understood. <laughs> okay. Gate number two. Woo. The author is American. Of course. Okay. Of course. <laughs> Any guesses? Daniel? Christy? No. Not yet. An attempt? Not yet, no. Um, after gate number four, I'll give you guys about 10 seconds to think up a yes or no question, whether or not you want to use one. Okay. Gate number three. Time to get serious. The book was written in 1961. <laughs> Questioners, any attempts? Hmm. Ramping up tension. Neither of you are failures yet. <laughs> You're only a failure if you fail really badly at this. Both of you still have 10 points. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I'm still good. Daniel's still standing. Yeah, I'm still Christy? thinking. Uh, yeah. You want to hazard a guess? No, not yet. <laughs> okay. What's Fair that? Enough. You want to hazard a guess? What, you want to guess? Come on, guess. Is Go it the ahead. Great Gatsby? I dare you, guess. Okay. Is it the Great Gatsby of Kurt Vonnegut's <laughs> generation? Yeah. <laughs> he was very literal. Okay. <laughs> He's like, we had to read it in high school, too. It's the Great Gatsby of everyone's generation. <laughs> yeah, it's our time. It's, it's The greatest generation, yeah. the lesser generations, all of our generations. <laughs> the 1961 reprint, yeah. 1961. <laughs> all 
All right, guys. Gate number four. Okay. Notorious Taiwanese American author, known asshole, Tao Lin, wrote a book in 2010, whose title is the author's name. I'm sorry, the known asshole guy. What? Yeah, Tao Lin. Um, uh, he wrote um a book called Taipei and um uh, shoplifting from American Apparel. He's kind of a awful, awful postmodern hipster author who thinks he's clever when he's not. Mm. Did he write Diary of an Oxygen Thief? Hey, he might as well have <laughs> Take to be that. Really honest. Questioners, adventurers, dare thee stab at the gate? I don't think this is going to be right, but is it Naked Brunch? Did you say Naked Brunch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying, like, what, uh, what vaguely that generation and also, like, possibly a little bit edgy, but a little contemporary. That's how I feel like he meant when he said Great Gatsby. Hmm. Katie. Christy. Sorry, I'm doing that. Christy. If I, if I, <laughs> is that a free guess? Because really, Katie guessed that, not Christy. So. Katie, I, Katie popped up and, and just said, hey, was it Naked Brunch? popped up and was like, this is the thing that I can think of. That, that does people... sound like a Katie guess. Unfortunately, Christy, that That's is not it. incorrect. You lose one point. Daniel, <laughs> add in like a dark gong sound effect. <laughs> Gong. Bong. All right, I accept that. All right, guys. All you right. get. I'm going to give you two, 10 seconds right now to think about a yes or no question. And then I will let you ask it if you desire. Okay, here we go. Two. Adventurers! Do either of you have a yes or no question for me? No. Daniel, playing it safe. I play it safe. Wow. Keeping it close to the vest, just like Harvey Dent and Jim Gordon, even though they didn't share a scene about that. Yeah, that's Yeah, I know. That's a thing. I know. It's, it bums me out. <laughs> I don't have one, Christy? but I want to hear more more questions. And yeah, more we'll see if All right, guys. Um, honestly, if you want, um, you can uh, you can still throw in your yes or no question um, coming up. At any time, you can stop me and go, I want to ask my question. All right. Gate number five. Mm. The film adaptation was nominated for three Oscars, only one of which was for acting, which was Best Supporting Actor. Daniel Christie, dare thee attempt on the gate? There's part of this is there's things I want to guess, but I can't think of the actual hey. title of the book. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck, well, what? Like, it's probably not right either. But what was that one where this thing happened? <laughs> can you give us a hint? <laughs> I'm thinking the one where with Johnny Depp, where they drive to Vegas and like they're on mescaline or something. No, that's not 1961. <laughs> mm, we have a friendly competition. Yeah, going. I mean, not to not to toot my horn, but I believe that came out in 1972 because it was about the end of the 60s and the beginning of the 70s. Ooh, right. that sounds correct. My goodness, Daniel. All right, everyone, we're moving on to gate number six. I don't believe that was not made for anything. Yeah, I don't think it was either. Yeah, Matt Weiner 
TV creator, commented that if he knew this book existed, he never would have made Mad Men. Adventurers! Questions? Attempts? Huh. I tell you what, I think I 10 out of 10 know the answer. Oh yeah? But, I kinda wanna hear more. Interesting. <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> Christy, any thoughts? Any attempts? Nope. I Daniel, Daniel might I have you cornered. I just want to hear all of them and see if I can guess it, but I probably won't. Okay. Gate number seven. Seven, seven, seven. The protagonist's names are Frank and April. Journeyman! Is, dare thee! Is that that classic book, Frank and April? <laughs> Is it Frank and April? Oh, it's that Guys, one. Guys, that's minus one point for each of you. Oh, <laughs> damn it. No, it's all right. Uh, it is not the title Frank and April. But does anyone ask a yes or no question? Because you can buzz in immediately afterwards and still take that lead. No, this is so far removed from what I even thought I was going to guess that now <laughs> I just have to keep listening. Okay, Daniel? Clearly, the answer is Dune. It's uh, um, Dune. No, I'm oh, Dune, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's Clifford the Big Red Dog. Ah, no Paddington. Okay. I think Dune was 1959. All right, guys. Gate eight. We only have one more left before we know the answer. Okay. Gate eight. The film adaptation features a major first-time reunion between two major film stars. Wait, is this Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? <laughs> is that an actual guess, yeah. Christy? Incorrect. You have <laughs> eight the, I points. I just had to think of something with with um, people in business suits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, what that's not okay. far off. Can you repeat the gate? You got it. The film adaptation features a major first time reunion between two major film stars. Hmm, that didn't actually help me. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is your last chance to use your yes or no. I Daniel? Wait, wait, we, we can still guess the next round, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, alright. But I think the next one's gonna give it away. I will... Daniel? Not well, how about this? Let me ask the yes or no question. Oh, Daniel's going for the yes or no. Because I'm just being reckless. Uh, is the film directed by Sam Mendes? Daniel, it is. Okay. Ooh. Daniel, you are currently at five points. Oh, you can, you guess, if you guess yes, it's... No, it costs you no matter what to ask the question. Yeah, so negative five. But you oh, started you start ten. ten. You start with ten points. Oh, you start at ten points? Yes. Oh, okay, sure. That's how we did it before. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel knew that. Daniel invented this game. I knew that. Okay. Daniel, do you want to you want to go for it? You want one more gate? I will wait for the next gate. Okay. Christy, now that you know that the film adaptation was directed by Sam Mendes, do you want to go for it? Uh, nope. But I, I can't wait to hear what the next suggestion is. The next gate. <laughs> gate nine. One of the two leads is Leonardo DiCaprio. Now it's time to buzz in. Or I can offer. 
I mean, Christy, I don't want to say Wolf of Wall Street because that's not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also that, but took, again, that took place Tim, in the 80s. Tim O'Brien loves I, the Wolf of Wall Street. What I've taken from all of these clues is, all right, it's something that's a contemporary book that's slightly edgy from 1961. It's got suits like the guys in Mad Men. <laughs> and mean, they're possibly doing business. <laughs> I don't know where you get that from, but... I don't know. <laughs> Christy Brennan reaching... <laughs> reaching... Oh, just so far. All right, Daniel, this is your last chance if you want to go for it, because this is your last chance because Gate 10's the answer. Uh, Daniel, what is the name of this book? Daniel. Daniel. Uh, is the book Richard Yates's Revolutionary Road? Daniel. You are correct! Hey. Wow, I could not take the suspense there. <laughs> Some, like, honestly, that title, I'm like, is that what that book is called? I was really, really hoping you were going to be like, Richard Yates's Richard's Road. <laughs> and I was going to be like, no, you lose. Richard Yates's the 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 Romanovs. <laughs> yes. Like no, it's on uh, Revolutionary Road, starring Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. Here is what um, uh, Tim O'Brien had to say about the book. Among the best novels of the past 75 years, Revolutionary Roads is a story of a marriage gone sour. A suburban couple dreams about heading for Paris. It never happens. This is a heartbreaking and really human story, beautifully written. That Matt Weiner himself had said that, oh shit, he finally read um, this book. I was like, oh, this is everything I wanted to do with Mad Men. Mad Men. I better not do it now. I better, well, whoops. <laughs> well, whoops, I did it already. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, I remember snap. when that road, then that, I almost said I remember when that road came out. I remember when that movie, <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah, when they the, built that road. The best supporting actor nominee for that was Michael Shannon. Hmm. Yeah, dude. I haven't seen this movie, by the way. I haven't either. I I think it was something that I meant to see and then never did. And probably Same. never will. I was working at like a blockbuster video when it came out. And I was just like, well, I guess I'll see this at some point. I want to, yeah. No, I've wanted to read the book because I keep hearing people be like, oh, yeah, it's one of like the best books ever. I'm like, that old thing? Yeah. But I also confuse it with Little Children. Which there, also stars um, uh, Kate Winslet. There was a Joaquin mm. Phoenix film that came out about the same time that was called something very similar. So, like, I get the title sometimes mixed up. So, like, re- when I hear Revolution, I wrote, I'm like, was that that one? Or uh-huh. is it the other one, which was, like, Road of Revolution? I don't know. Could be. Um, anyway, yeah. that's how you play Gatekeeper. Thank you, contestants. That was good. Applaud Gatekeeper. Ourselves. Gatekeeper, you held your breath. Uh, very uh, good game, Gabriel. Good yeah. game, Christy. Yeah, great job, uh, Christy. That's it. We're gonna go to break one last time. When, one we, time. when we come back, we're gonna talk about books again. Going break one time. All right, Ooh. throw it to break. Welcome back, dear listener readers. Hello. To America's Fast Race Adventure Podcast, where I do my books. Brought to you by reading. I'm Daniel. I'm Gabriel. And who are you, ghost? Christy. Yeah. Yay. We did it. Not a spook. We, not made, a, made, a it, we made it back. Yeah. yeah. Don't get spooked. Don't get spooked. Jorgensen is not going to be afraid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So that's God, it. that upset me so much. <laughs> 
There's a lot of upsetting things. You know, Tim's just like, Azar, stop. I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, pitiful. You're pitiful. Mm-hmm. You know, what? putting it putting it very gently. I think this is uh, this this book has some really dark places. Yeah, I yeah. think I think just putting it very lightly. This book, I'm uh, speaks on some harsh themes. Yeah, yeah. I was um, reading this book and I. Uh, I was reading it like near someone else and they were like, man, you seemed like you were on a mission. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> this book made me feel feelings. <laughs> and oh that's God. not, I don't usually feel feelings. So, you know. <laughs> fuck yeah. Fuck those feelings. <laughs> feelings, fuck feelings make me them. uncomfortable. So I try to avoid it <laughs> this time. Yeah. I try to tone it down with Animal Crossing and White Claw. Mm-hmm. Nah. But that said, uh, we have a couple more things to do. Uh, first off, First off, we have a little thing called Final Thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Christy, mm-hmm. this is your selection. Um, yeah, how do you feel about like kind of our reaction and relationship to this material? Are you happy that you selected this? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you guys seem... Well, you guys seem to like it and seem to kind of feel, I think, what I felt about it. So that's, I don't know, validating, I would say. Totally, you're validated. Validation. <laughs> clamp, clamp. Other people cheat. like the things that I like. That's all I want. <laughs> we also like The Witcher 3. Yeah. yeah. And The Witcher 3. This whole also, thing has just been great for my ego. <laughs> yeah, we might watch Too Hot to Handle. Nah. Uh, I, don't, I don't have my doubts. I, I recommend it if you want to talk trash about really attractive people <laughs> on reality TV. Nah. Um, well, do you have any final thoughts about just like your feelings on this? This yeah, book on this or? reread, on this book. That um, uh, what are your recommendations? Um, so I feel like I I feel like I got a lot of my thoughts out for most of this. But one thing that I I do think is interesting is like because we were talking about speed reading versus slow reading, and I'm a mm-hmm. very slow reader, so that means slow that slow like, the the How syntax and the way that someone it. writes is really important <laughs> to me because I have to spend a lot of time with it. Uh-huh. Um, and I just wanted to point out, like, because we kind of touched on this, but like the way that he does things narratively sometimes is just so good. Like, there we didn't talk yet about one of my other favorite chapters called um, I think it's like the man I killed or something like that. Oh yeah, he does this Oof. thing where he describes this boy that he killed during the war. And then throughout the rest of the story, he keeps repeating the phrases that he used to describe him. And so <laughs> in in between, his friend is like, like you learn that he's just staring at the body because eventually his Kiowa. friend is like, man, you got to stop staring. Let's go. But even before that point happens, you know he's just there staring at the body just because of the way yeah. that he wrote that. And I, he does that kind of thing in other places too, not specifically the repetition, but just the way that he works with the words that he's using to create a feeling. I, f- yeah. I feel like that, um, for me, it just really solidifies the way that he's trying to make you feel how things seemed in a really true way, regardless yeah. of you know, actual factual truth or whatever, he really like makes you feel what's true. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Like we didn't talk that much about the writing of it, the the use of language and whatnot. Daniel, what were your thoughts? Um, well, how about this? Continuing that kind of conversation about writing is that again, this some things don't really translate well into audiobooks and whatnot. This one is a perfect translation Cranny. for for it to be read in audio format. Like a lot mm. of it's also like in second person too. Oh yeah, like he's talking directly to you, the reader. Um, 
and like yeah and it, it only makes it great and yeah true like the dude like i'm very curious about like his other books like it's always one of those things where it's like I feel like I'll never get around to reading any of his other things. Really, I'm really excited I, to read Going After Cacciato now. I want to read that too, but then I'm also I the, I think about this. Then I'm like, I have all these other books I need to read first, <laughs> and true. I'm not, and I didn't, and I'm not like so impatient. I'm like, I'm gonna get this book. I'll read it in like eight months. See, but yeah, well, I don't know. I think what I like about his writing style is that there's there's so much urgency while also being like like about memory. Yeah. Well, so for me, like, 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 I, I, part of me feels like I really want to read Going After Cacciato now because if I let it stew mm-hmm. and I let it like, like, you're gonna simmer off, it, yeah. I'm gonna like not, I'm gonna go back to reading Anne of Green Gables four and not <laughs> want to read Cacciato anymore because I'm in that like reading it. There's so much it grips you and it holds you and like there's not not to interrupt you, Daniel, but there's so much wonderful repetition in this, like yeah. you said, Christy, mm-hmm. that I like in the first two or three chapters he repeats. Endlessly about how Ted Lavender died. Mm-hmm. He repeats it over and over and over again till he barely mentions. He doesn't mention him again for like like five or six chapters, and then he brings up Ted Lavender again. You're like, oh fuck, Ted died. Oh, that guy, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that guy. guy. And it, it consumes it. I, I would love to see someone like like I, like go through this with a fine tooth comb and see how many times he repeats how Ted Lavender died in the first half, and see how many times he's mentioned in the second half. Mm-hmm. It's I also really think that's interesting. Like I just had a thought where like. This might seem weird, but the way you talk about how you repeat things, it reminds me of um, this thing. I think it was like Jackie Chan talking about filming an action movie for the audience to really see the hit that happened. You have to film it and basically film it twice and show it you twice. Have to do it twice. And like wide Let's angle and then close up. And every, you don't every realize seeing it that it's happened twice. But in mm-hmm. order for you to really like have it register that it really happened you see it more than once the way they cut it. And I feel like he's doing that a little bit with that, like bringing (laughs) out people and repeating things. Yeah. Wait, have you watched those every frame of painting videos? Yeah. A couple. Yeah. Oh my God. They're so fucking good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Jackie Chan one's amazing. And um, uh, that did remind me when you're talking about repetition is that the, uh, like a book that's kind of written in like a similar kind of like language like that, that really uses like repetition incredibly well is uh, one of my favorite uh, books called Blackwater by George oh, Carroll Oates. Oh, boy. Have you read that one, Christy? No. Oh, my God. You will... It'll make you want to vomit. Yes, in a great in way. In the best possible... <laughs> like, like, this, like, this book, like, affects you physically and emotionally and mentally uh-huh. um black water is this to like like the nth it, degree yeah it gets you it gets really inside of you and like it's repetition like fucking gets worse it and makes wor- you like, it yeah. makes you like, you're reading it and you're praying it doesn't end the way you know it's gonna end oh, oh it's so no good. It's, yeah well, joyce carol oates black water Oh, yeah, totally. I'm a, again, I'm a, it, that's one of the number one top ranked audiobooks ever made. Which I did not know. Yeah, yeah, I'm I Black, mean, so, yeah, Blackwater Black by Joyce Carol Oates. It's read by Amanda Plummer, also known as Pumpkin or Honey Bunny from Pulp Fiction. Ha! No way. It's, yeah, it's a. Uh, but yeah, it's a. Yeah, there's, it's a there's a lot of associations to that to this book. I think. Speaking of which, it's also like a it's a fictional account of the uh, Chappaquiddick uh, incident where Ted Kennedy drove a car into a river and a woman he was who was riding shotgun with them Mary died, Jo Kopechny. and he kind of bailed on her. Yeah. Oh. If you ever want to read the most gutting, unpleasant, like mm-hmm. beautiful interpretation of what it means to drown and pray someone saves you. Oh, uh, that's the one. Yep, it's so good. It's one of the best books I've ever read. Period. Wow. And I think if you like if you like the things they carried, you will love this book. 
All right. I'm re- well, I'm going to read it. We're just going to send you a copy now. <laughs> it's just, thank you for being on this. Please read this now. Yeah. <laughs> old, old 45 sent me $1,200. I'm going <laughs> to give you a book. <laughs> but, but um, uh, just, I'm sorry, real quick, final, uh, final thoughts. Uh, your final thoughts, Daniel. I interrupted you. Is mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, um. No, uh, I think, because uh, I remember when I first uh, finally got into this book before, and I forgot, I, I had somebody who I worked with who said, like, this was his favorite book. Um, and and I was like, and I was like, eh, it's like, you know, just like a, it's like a Vietnam book, right? And I think I saw that it was an audiobook that was read by Brian Cranston. It was five bucks. And I was like, oh, sure, I'll fucking get it. And you read this, and right away, the things that carry the story, it's like, oh, this is, like, really good. And then, like, the story, then it becomes the story that, you know, it becomes, like, this whole thing about, like... A meta-narrative. Hey, all that thing I just told you isn't true and everything like that. And mm-hmm. the way but I was, it is true. The way I was describing it is that, at that time when I was, like, telling everybody is that, like, yeah, it's a story not about... It's not, it's not about, like, his war experiences. It becomes more of a story about, like... How I remember things, and most and more importantly, it, it like it's about trauma, and it's about how people kind of have difficulties processing trauma. Like, there's no easy way to get around trauma. Um, clearly, these stories, like when you, see, you have all these like 19 year old boys, like do horrible things because they witness something that they can't comprehend, and they process it in ugly ways, mm-hmm. or like they develop like this brutal sense of humor about about things or they just strap a puppy to like a like a like a fucking mine or whatever yeah like and it's it's you're seeing people like going through something incredibly damaging and they're not they can't pro nobody can process that yeah there's like a uh, weird element of existential horror to these stories yeah maybe even mm-hmm. that um and again also i uh i, I watched uh, apparently tim o'brien was interviewed in the ken burns vietnam documentary cool um i haven't finished it. i didn't realize that i watched the first episode once and i was trying to rewatch it but it's like 80 fucking minutes and i couldn't finish it uh-huh. um because again like i don't like i i was like you know i don't really know what started vietnam you know like the like the high school textbook version yeah mm-hmm. but like i mean it's the pretty, domino effect it, it's pretty fr- yeah it's like it's a domino effect what were the dominoes the dominoes <laughs> um, it was Derek and the dominoes but, layla caused this but long story short, no, it's a, it's, it's, it's a real fascinating thing. And also getting into like the psyche about like America at that time and how things changed. And I mean, it's, it's a, it's, yeah, it's the more you learn about it, it's, it's interesting. So the more, you know, I, 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 I like this book. Gabriel. Yeah. Final thoughts. The things they carried. Go. I have, I, I don't know. This was such an, an emotionally affecting book that like it, it gave me nausea that this is a nauseating book because it's so real and so hard and it's, so... It's real than it's fiction. Yeah, yeah like, like I said, like there's an element of why has there not been a Lovecraftian story about being in a war? Like, like why can't you tell that story if, you're, if you're, you lose your mind in the unreality of violence? My, my, I, had, I yeah. thought about this and I, it's like, oh, answer, Jacob Slatter. Oh, I've nailed it! it. Nailed I, it! I, I yes. see that. Well, sort of. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not. Yeah, but I'm very <laughs> it curious. A dumb about answer. It. No, yeah. This this is this is like a really like like game changing read, and I'm glad I finally got around to it. That both of you having recommended it to me, mm-hmm. that I'm glad I finally read it, and like it's it's a real it's a real like I said earlier, it's a real eye opener. That you know, I'm fascinated by. I don't like war stories personally. I am fascinated, though, by how the human condition, like, reacts to trauma, to unspeakable acts, you know. We all lead really cushy lives, all things considered, that I've I've never seen... Oh, that's not true. I watched a man die once. That was fucked up. 
A guy got shot. Well, plot twist. Plot twist. Now the now the show is about this. Uh, yeah. No, me and my buddy, we were walking down West Eighth Street in New York City. A guy sprinted behind us. A guy ran up, shot another guy, and then we turned and saw the man bleeding to death in the gutter. And we were like, "Do we do we do something?" Because this guy was like ten feet from us, mm-hmm. just bleeding. And we were like, "We should do we, do we do something?" Then the sirens came, and we're like, okay, we're going to go on the train now. Uh-huh. Then we went home. <laughs> I got way drunk, and then it was the episode of Mad Men where, uh, where what's-his-fucking-face kills himself, and oh, then I man. sobbed for, like, ten minutes. Oh, Jesus, when Jared Harris killed <laughs> yeah. himself? Oh, no. And I, 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 like, sobbed for ten minutes. It was wild. <laughs> so, um, it, it's, it's a real, uh, this, this kind of story, it, it just opens your mind to... You think about these people who are like warmongers and people who think that violence is cool or funny or exciting or it makes you a man, but it's awful and it's scary. Kurt Lemon was throwing shit. Yeah. And Kiowa. We didn't talk about Kiowa oh, at all. Yeah, Kiowa drowns in shit. It's, it's, it's like, it's unbearable. I, I just covered my eyes involuntarily. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's so much. Uh, let me ask you in particular, Gabriel. Um, who, uh, me? Uh, yeah, you, the, uh, no, the other one behind you. Christy? <laughs> Christy Gable, yes. <laughs> okay, I got you. Um, is that like, yeah, hearing like the story, like one of my favorite stories is actually the one where he um, almost runs away to Canada. Yeah, that's right. Um, on, on a, ravey ri- so, on a rainy river? So much of like his like thought process about like- On the rainy about, river. Like, the yeah, old on the man, rainy river. Yeah. And then like the thought process about like, like I won't do this. I have, n- there's nothing I'm all, I will, I do not believe in this. It's bullshit. Like all of his angry thoughts. And I'm just like- Oh boy. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, oh. yep, exactly what I like. I would be in that same situation where, like, I would be like, I'm going to run. And at some point, I might actually have the courage to actually to attempt jump it, in the water and swim. But I would fucking, I would, yeah, I would be like, I can't, I know, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And then, like, I would end up going to war and it's Vietnam or something, you know? It's, it's like, so real. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, like, something like that is terrifyingly just like, like, yeah. oh boy, that sounds like it, it, This is transformingly great writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On to our next and final segment. Yes. A uh, little thing called Hazy Memories. Hazy Memories. Brought to us by our old buddy from the Whip Round Podcast, not the Fox show. Yeah. A uh, little guy named Shawnee B. Horny, a.k.a. Jonathan B. Hayes. Sean Hayes, not the one you th- you're thinking of. Uh, we'll go to Christy first. Christy, um, we'll usually ask, like, years from now, when you remember having read the things they carried, what is that one thing you'll remember? Your hazy memory. But you've also read this in the past. Do you have hazy memories? Um, Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the ones that I thought of before I read before I reread it. It's mm-hmm. um, I remember the lemon tree because that yeah. was the thing that my friends were obsessed with, and they um, <laughs> actually did like a little video for class. Cool. <laughs> where oh, man. they that's so weird. They filmed the scene where they had to get parts of Kurt Lemon out of the tree. So they went to the store and they bought like the cheapest, grossest looking cuts of meat that they had and they oh, put man. it in the tree. Um, so I remember is this still, that. Is this still online? I don't know. I don't know if they ever put it online, to be honest. Oh, okay. Um, it was like pre... Gosh, it, it was... This was pre-YouTube. It was almost pre-YouTube. It was like 2005, 2006. So YouTube was technically Uh a thing, but I don't think they put it on YouTube. Uh Um, No, they just showed it in class for a a grade. Gotcha. Um, So that and then the the sweetheart of Song Trabong, that part where the girl, Mm -hmm. all I remembered was that she came from the Midwest and joined (laughs) the Kingdom Hearts. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's she's still that's she's mostly still what I remembered. Too. She's still there. She was she's still alive, possibly. Yeah. She could Timo still Ryan's be there still alive. To, to this day. Yeah. I think she probably is. <laughs> Just like in what's it called? In the Poisonwood Bible. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. What is your hazy memory? My hazy memory is either going to be the lemon tree mm-hmm. or it's going to be Kiowa drowning in shit. Those are the, the like, those are the things that I'm going to like. That's that it hurts my chest to think about those two things. Yeah. Like the idea of poor Kiowa just drowning in the in, in the shit thing. It's like, uh, uh, so I, I maybe I'm dumb in that in this in the story following afterwards of Jimmy Cross, mm-hmm. um, the the. The the young man whose face he doesn't recognize is that supposed to be Tim O'Brien? Yeah, I think a flashlight. So. That's supposed yeah. to be him, right? I was thinking that. I don't. I don't think. I don't even know if they give any hints. I mean, the only it, hint is that like um that um he's looking for a photo of his girl Billy who left him. Yeah. All right. Was was that did I attach it? No. To Tim well, he, he hasn't mentioned that anywhere else okay. either. Though, so I think it's supposed to be him. I, I was suspecting that that's supposed to be a thing. What do you think, Christy? Yeah, it's definitely him. Okay. Mm. For sure, because it because you hear about the story. Where um, he's going around and he let his friend Kiwa die. But before that, it's pretty established that, like, of all the people that he spends time with, Kiwa is one of his closest friends, personally. Yeah. And then, yeah. following, directly following that, he talks about in notes, like, how he wrote it and how he changed it a little bit and how he took his hometown, basically, and just transplanted it. To oh, yeah, Iowa for him, basically. Mm-hmm. And then he goes at the very end, he's like, by the way, like just I just want to make it absolutely clear. He did not let his friend Kiwa slip away. Like he didn't do that. That was absolutely made up. That one's not true at all. Mm-hmm. It never happened to him. And then in the I one following moment. it, it talks about how <laughs> that guy that it didn't happen to, Norman Bowker, I think it was. Yeah. How he's like searching with everybody else. And the person who let him slip away was not named, not faced, but in every other story about the platoon that Tim O'Brien is in, he is a defined character that's named and has a, a something to do with the plot. But in yeah. that one only, he's not named. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. This this book, like, I forgot to mention this earlier, and not to interrupt your hazy memory, Daniel, but it reminded me so much of like like the the war stories of uh, of both Salinger and Vonnegut. Of um for Esme if Love and Squalor and uh and Slaughterhouse Five it's like those the the someone who's actually seen the shit writes it differently from someone who glorifies it yeah. and it's really really jarring reading it that way. Yeah, there there's like a whole conversation about like I mean they're truly representative of like the old like the experiences that. America loved glorifying like World War II because we were the heroes. The good guys. We the won. Heroes, yeah. We felt good about it. People couldn't get over experiences, but whatever, we won. We're good. Mm-hmm. And like, and again, and the Vietnam was so radically, it was entirely traumatic to the point where like uh, in the beginning of the Vietnam documentary, like they point out that like both people on both sides in America and in Vietnam, like they didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about their experiences. They didn't talk about anything and they found they both found like kind of like normal life really difficult because they were being celebrated and everything. But like people like if we were uh, veterans, me and you, Gabe, right here, we would not talk about it. Yeah. Like we would mm-hmm. we would just talk about everything else. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Not a big topic. It's a big topic. It's a big thing. Yeah. Daniel, what are your hazy memories? Uh, My hazy memories. Well, I tell you what, my hazy, like, it's not uh, different from, like, any of yours. It's, like, the lemon tree, the water buffalo, um, like, those, like, in the the things that carry the titular story, like, the weights and everything like that. I have a new one. It's the essay. And, like, the last lines, which I was really paying attention to this time, were, no, there, like, there's a device that, like, again, like, it's all about, like, kind of missing this, this girl who he truly cares about. And he's, like like absolutely like grieving over the relationship and he relates that to Vietnam and everything. At one point he, he relates talking about like how she tried to give him like photographs that he said he found them unbearable to look at. Mm. And the very last lines essentially is just like ending in like this note where it's like, it's them and in, in like uh, after Vietnam they're in, they're in Europe or whatever. And it's just this moment where he was watching her do something and he turns to take a, and she turns to take a picture of him and like the story ends and I just and like I hit like just like really paying attention this last time. I was just like, oh, fuck, that hurt. Yeah, that sounds like some like mm-hmm. banana fish shit. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, this guy is a future in him. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> are you a Salinger person, Christy? You know what? Not really. Oh, oh, no. She hates him. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him. Uh, I, hate no, that, I, I don't know. He only wrote that one book, right? <laughs> Oh, he wrote he wrote multiple. He wrote, uh, he wrote other he wrote, ones. He wrote, uh, he Catcher wrote, in the Rye, which is the obvious one, but then the rest of his stuff is very different from that. Yeah, uh, we, we highly recommend Nine Stories. It's nine Stories is Nine best Stories. Work. I think I hated Catcher in the Rye so much that I was like, "Fuck ah, this guy! This is all oh, he man. wrote, and I don't That's want a part exactly of it." Exactly how I felt about it—that I hated um, Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, it was. And then um, and then I came around. I read um, Franny and Zoe and the Nine Stories, and then you realize he wrote Catcher in the Rye and on. And in that style on purpose because the rest of his writing is nothing like it and it's wonderful read nine stories you will not regret it okay that's going on my reading list too yeah and when i was a kid that was my favorite book catcher in the ride took a daniel uh-huh. like, I, I am holding i liked i like i felt like i was holding coffin and i love neon genesis evangelion <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway so that's it let's stop talking about this stupid fucking let's screw book. this goddamn book that made me nauseated and sad uh real quick next week um do we have anything planned because i think i have something that we can do as an in-betweener um, well, Daniel, we were talking about doing the 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 notorious laugh riot and upper for the decade, Bell Jar. Bell Jar, but we're not doing that yet. No, Ooh. no, absolutely not. We need we need to give me a moment to read that. We're gonna do a short story, or in this case, we're gonna do another graphic novel. Oh yeah, Gabriel. For next week, me and you are doing Ashen Profit. Oh, fine. Volume one, because I've, right, I've cool. been wanting to do this for a while now. Sure. Um, so I'm really excited to do this. Uh, this is another like favorite of mine, uh, like things they carried in this thing coming up. Um, again, I can't stress things they carried favorite audiobook. Profit of a PH, not an F. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah. I just realized those two sound the same. The best things in life are uh, free. Don't listen to now, but we're at the end of the show. Christy. Mm-hmm. Do you want? Do you have anything to plug? Where can people find you? Do you have anything coming up that you want them to check out? Um, yeah, I I have an Instagram and a Twitter, and it's Christy Brannon. That's it. That's what it is. Um, also, my podcast, It's All Downhill, is gonna start coming out May thirteenth, and then Woo! every Wednesday after that. Yeah. And if you're in LA, then maybe hopefully when we go back to real life, I'll be doing stand up. Yay! Yay! In 2022, <laughs> that's how I, that's how I met Christy. Um, Catch me uh, at your nearest dive bar doing five <laughs> minutes for free in 2022. Hell yeah! No, um, uh, I saw Christy do comedy. That's how I met her, and I'm like, this lady knows what she's fucking doing. She's got the goods. <laughs> I bought more towels than I thought I needed because of Christy Brandon. 
Thank you. That's someone out <laughs> there will appreciate that. To be honest, is that a reference? <laughs> it's to her act. Okay. Okay, Gabriel, plug. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done it already, please check out Self-Evident Asian America Stories. It is a historical documentary cultural podcast about the Asian American experience. I wrote and produced episode three, the talk we were supposed to have. Not for what? Sorry. And Ford? I said and farted. <laughs> yeah, probably on air. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm the talk we're supposed to have. Um, it's about my life. It's about growing up Asian and isolated. Um, uh, it, it's available online on selfevidentshow.com. Um, uh, and it recently aired on KALW 90.7 on San Francisco. So Blamo. that's massive. We were on public radio. It was also on, featured on the AV Club. So big pimpin' there for me. Um, if you want to know about all my trauma, that's where you want to go. Um, besides that, um, uh, shit, follow me on Instagram at read.richards, read like reading a book. Daniel! Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at slowreaders and on Twitter at uh, Top Gallant Radio. You can also buy my fiction right now anywhere you can get ebooks, but specifically get the physical copies on Amazon. They are A Cook in the Kingdom and The Shadow from the Deep. Woo! Actually, uh, I have one more plug. If you oh, don't mind. Okay. Go. Um, I'm going to be doing a Twitter interview with uh, Colorado public um, public television superstar Matt Struck, former oh, guest no. on this show. <laughs> We're doing I'm doing a Twitter interview of really late night of Matt Struck. Um, it's going to be on Tuesday at around uh, 11 a.m. PST. Matt and me are going to have a back and forth for about 45 minutes about life and comedy and craziness. Right. So um, follow Really Late Night with Matt Struck. Struck as in you were struck by inspiration. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we need to get that butt face back on the show. Yeah, I love that, dude. And do Hocus Pocus, because I don't remember what happens in that already. He, he, he writes notes in the thing, then a guy dies. That's exactly what it was. Vonnegut! Uh, Christy! Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being on the show. Christy, you thanks so much for being on our show. Thank you, you were so an outstanding guest. You came Aww. fucking locked and loaded. It was It was great. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Some of these guests come in. Just like, <laughs> God damn, Katie. God, God damn, Katie. Damn right. She doesn't listen to this show. She doesn't. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Anyway, Katie right. wants. Um, Christy. <laughs> Christy, once again, thank you so much. Um, it was just a, truly a pleasure. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. Yes, you're always welcome back. If you ever want to do The Hobbit again or something, just or, let us or know. Or if you read a book and you and you need to talk about it, if anybody, just be like, I got I got Daniel and Gabriel at Slow Readers. I'll make them read it. Hell yeah. Hell or yeah. We, or we can all do Blackwater because we can you do want, the audiobook. Or please do Blackwater. Yes. It's Blackwater. so Yeah, let's do the audiobook. Yeah, we can do the audiobook. Okay, Christy, I'm, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna send you the audiobook to Blackwater and we'll do it. It'll be great. Fuck yeah. All right, I'm in. We can all cry together. It'll be great. Yes. <laughs> just That's as well, we have to cry on air while listening yeah. <laughs> for the first 30 seconds and that's just the room noise let's <laughs> do a commentary track of it uh, live commentary track <laughs> yeah over audio yeah for like three hours and just be like oh this is fucked up i can't stand it so I'm just sobbing this is a new tradition with katie we always do like the most graphic gross things mm. and with with christy we're now doing the most like traumatic and dark stuff hell yeah i, I love it mm-hmm. all right so all that, right guys so that's the show. Yeah, that's the end of the show, all right? Just goddamn it. Thank all you, right. Christy. Thank you, Christy. Bye, Thanks. everyone. All right, bye. bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com. <laughs>